Good morning. Oh, wait, you did that already. Pastor Chris got you covered. My name is Doug Baker. I'm one of the pastors here uh, this morning. When we get to share and walk through the Word together, uh, I'm here uh, partly because uh, Pastor Trent is on vacation for the next two weeks. Uh, he's off, and he and Lynn are off in Florida, enjoying the sun and fishing. Oh, you know he's fishing. And so uh, we wish them well as they enjoy this time of rest, this break. Um, we could be just praying for them and, and rejuvenation. Uh, so, but we, that means that we get to be here and uh, we get to share in what God's doing on this second Sunday of Advent. I get to continue along in the story that's being told, anticipating the birth of Jesus. Last Sunday, we heard about our living hope. We heard about being connected with Christ as branches of the vine. He is the vine. We are branches connected with him. We have hope. That is his story. Today, we're going to unpack another part of his story. Uh, today, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about his mom. So, the word of God for us today is coming out of Luke chapter 1. And we'll start right at the beginning. And then we'll jump uh, to verse 26 for the story itself. Hear this, God's word for us today. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Now with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled by his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. And will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, today, second Sunday of Advent, we get to be here in your presence with each other celebrating this illustrious, glorious moment, and we get to talk about the call that you have given to Mary. Um, help us to see what you're doing in this moment and to understand. Uh, speak to us, we pray, 
And we ask this in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. So who was this little girl? Who was this young woman uh, chosen to be a part of, of the story of Jesus? To be a part of the story of his, his firstborn, only begotten son? Uh, I want to get a little bit of a context. I want to like, unpack a little bit uh, where she came from, who she was, what was real about her. Uh, it helps us understand what God is doing in this moment. So, uh, she's a young woman. She comes from kind of a poor area. She, she's probably not wealthy. It's really more of a rural environment, so probably a lot of uh, uh, farming going on, uh, shepherding. There's a lot of flocks going around. Uh, she's 13, 14 years old, and she comes from a town called Nazareth. Now, that matters for context because Nazareth is not one of those important towns. It's one of those towns in the Holy Land that's out in the middle of nowhere, which means it's not really important. It's not on an important trade route. It's not near the Sea of Galilee. It's not near the Mediterranean. It's not close to Jerusalem. It is out in the middle of nowhere, and that means it's pretty much irrelevant to anybody important. In fact, there's a guy named Nathaniel who in the Bible asks this question. He says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Um, which means it probably had a bit of a reputation, and that's where Mary is from. We all know what it means to be from somewhere. If you talk to certain people and you say, I'm from Hamilton, they're like, ooh, oh. <laughs> right? We know that. Like, this is the story. It's far from everything. It's far from the Holy Land, like the, the Jerusalem, Bethlehem. All of that's down in Judea. This is the southernmost area of the Holy Land, Judea. Uh, think of Judea as like a county. And then move up one county and you've got Samaria and move up one more county and you've got Galilee. So Galilee is out there in the boondocks, way far away from Jerusalem and Bethlehem. You go straight up and then a little bit east and boom, you land in Nazareth, far from everything. That's where Mary's from. She's a young girl. She's living in a harsh time. This is not the best time to like, be alive if you want a long life, especially if you're not wealthy. Uh, wealthy people have good long lives. We know that. They could live as long as kind of we live, right? 60s-ish is pretty normal. If you're poor, though, it's a miracle if you get past childhood. If you do, you might see somewhere in the 40s. You might see somewhere in your 40s. And that's it. That's that's the conditions you're living in. That's the condition she's living in. That's what her life is possibly going to look like. She was hardworking. She worshiped the Lord, her God, just like thousands of other hardworking Jewish girls, just like her. She, she could trace her lineage back to King David, just like a bunch of other hardworking young Jewish girls, just like her. Her normalness as a human is no different. I want you to get this. Her normalness, her no, that's not even really a word, is it? Her normalcy. Norm, I'm going to stick with it. Normalness going to bug some of you, but that's okay. Just imagine the middle school, high school girls in our church right now. Mary would have just fit in. She's just a girl. Real life wasn't invented after Bible times. It was just life. Every one of our biblical heroes had the same experiences that we have. It's Everything, things are just the way they are. This is what it means to be human. 
It doesn't change as time goes on. One of the stories Pastor Kurt likes to tell is about, uh, he was reading something uh, from a while ago. Somebody was writing about teenagers and how, you know, they act funny and, and they don't seem to have a good sense of what their purpose is and they have a bad attitude once in a while. And he's like, wow, that could have been written today. And it was written like back in the 500s. Like things don't change. We think they change. They feel a little different, but people are people over time, it's the same all the way. People are worried, even our biblical heroes. They were worried, they were scared, they were angry, they were insecure. Some of them were stubby, st stubborn, stubby. Some of them were greedy. I was moving on to the next word. Stubborn and greedy, and some cried a lot. Some were really happy. They laughed at jokes. They scratched if they had an itch. They were just people, people, trying to live according to God's commands. And when you're a normal person, you know that's not easy. Like, living according to God's commands is, is tough work. If you're like any other normal person that's ever lived on this tiny little planet in this vast universe, it is not easy. You know that. Our, and most of the struggle we have is because at the same time we hear what God is saying and we want to be faithful. We've also got our own desires, our own wishes. We've got our own ideas about what should happen. And this corrupted flesh in which we inhabit pulls us in weird directions and we, 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 don't, we don't know if we want to be a part of what God has in mind, but we do. We know we want to be a part of it, like up here, but like in here, we're like, ah, but I've got different ideas. And, and we want to find wide roads that are nice and smooth and we don't like it when it's too bumpy. And we like our gated communities because those places make us feel safe. And and those things are often a far cry from God's command. And, and there's no reason for us to think that Mary was any different. So what, what truly sets her apart? What makes her special? I mean, we are talking about her for a reason. If she's completely normal, there must be something that sets her apart. Well, the thing that sets her apart in some ways, it's the exact same thing that sets you apart. Mary matters because God had a job for her. Because he had a task in mind for her. A purpose for her existence. He chose her. He chose her to be made the vessel of the Messiah of the world. And he communicates that with her back. Uh, he sends his angel Gabriel to let her know that he's got something in mind for her. The angel says to her, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. There's an angel, an angel, Gabriel, comes into her presence. I, and I got to tell you, that alone must have knocked her socks off. Because, I mean, just imagine what it would be like to be in the presence of of an angel. A couple of verses before this in Luke, we hear Gabriel, the same angel, talking to a guy named Zechariah, and he tells Zechariah that he, Gabriel, I, stand in the presence of God. So he knows what it means to be in the presence of God. Now, do you remember what happens when, when beings, created beings, are in the presence of God for any amount of time? You remember what happened to Moses' face when he was in God's presence? For even a little bit of time, the way that he was, he would come back down and his face would radiate so much, people would freak out. He had to wear a veil to protect people from the reflected glory of God on his face after only spending a month or so with him. And here, uh, 
Mary is in the presence of a being that has been in the presence of God since the beginning of God's creation. No wonder she's a little uncertain. And here she is in the presence of one of God's angels, a messenger sent from heaven, and he tells her something important. And now she's a good Jewish girl, and she knows the stories of old. She knows that when God says something, it happens. She's heard them. They, they, they've been talked about in her home all her life. This is what God does. This is what God does. This is what God does. Isn't he faithful? This is what God does. When he speaks, he moves. And there's this angel, and he says, hey, little miss, God's chosen one. The Lord is with you. And her reaction is, oh, no. This is going to change my life, isn't it? My life's going to get complicated now. And she doesn't argue with God's plan. She asks a simple question, but she doesn't question God's will. Even though she must have known that living according to God's command would mean her life would change forever, she knew it. She knew it. And that instead of God blessing her with a solid marriage to a good man in which they would raise kids and lead an unremarkable life, God was instead going to bless her with pregnancy before marriage. The threat of the death penalty for that, because that was a threat if that happened. A husband that might leave her because she was with, well, not his child. And then God would continue to bless them as he would send them out to Bethlehem, pregnant, so they could be there in time for the birth. And many of us have traveled with pregnant women. We know how wonderful it is. How many times do you have to pee? And then she gives birth among a bunch of animals, and there's a threat of death for her baby from some whacked-out king at the time who decides that that baby's birth is the one he's going to be paying attention to. I mean, seriously, if you ever get a chance as a historical study to check out Herod the Great, the man was insane, psychotic, and he pointed all his psychosis on Jesus at a particular moment. So they, with a just a little person, a little guy, flee off to Egypt to save his life. These are the blessings of God. And I don't even mean that sarcastically. These are the blessings of God. She's far from her home country. She's far from ever, all the things she's ever known. And yet it is a blessing because she gets to be a billboard declaring the wonders of the God of the universe and the truth of a Savior come. That's her story. That's her story, because when God speaks into the lives of people, when he gives us his truth, it's amazing and it's disturbing. To be called the people of God means to be called to a life of disruption and disturbance. God calls us out of the places that, that we, we have been and asks us to move into the places we've never considered to make hard choices and difficult decisions to follow the path that God has for us, to lay aside the things we might prefer. But that's what happens, isn't it? We get a word from the Lord about what he's going to do in our lives, and then we have to choose. Am I going to fight him on it? Or am I going to accept it? 
Doug, you're not going to be a lawyer. You're going to be a pastor. That's not a very smart decision, God. Pastors don't drive Porsches. That's my plan. You got your wires crossed. I don't think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's my plan. Guess who won? Mary was shown a path of God's choosing. She elected to accept it. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the Messiah comes into the world. This is his story found in the troubled experiences of Mary. The Savior of humanity is born even in the midst of chaos. Through Mary's story, vital truth comes into light, something all of us who claim to be followers of Jesus have to come to terms with. Every single one of us have to come to terms with this reality as God calls us to follow him, just like he called Mary to follow him. And that might mean we have some discomfort to live through, but Jesus can be the good that comes from our sufferings and trials. That he is the only good news in the midst of anything that we're going through, anything that God asks of us. That he is the light in the face of the darkness. He is the only hope in the face of our great enemy death. The end goal of the paths that God has put in front of his people is always Jesus. 100% of the time. Mary's troubles brought Jesus into the world. That's her story. That's your story, too. She's still just as unremarkable. I know we'd like to kind of like elevate her. In fact, there, there are some denominations that almost deify Mary. Um, I would contend with that. I think she's just normal. I think she's just this average girl, and her call is no different than yours. What she was asked to do is no different than what Abraham was asked to do or Moses or David or, or Solomon or Jeremiah or Peter or Paul or, or Barnabas or Kevin who lives down the road or Betty who lives that way. What set her apart is the exact same thing that sets you apart. Your life is supposed to be about bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ into this world. That was Mary's life. Bring the good news of Jesus into this world. Now, she got to do it, like, physically, but we have to do it every single day, too. I'm going to ask you a weird question, and I'm going to invite you to ask it of each other in the coming days. Are you pregnant with the gospel? It's a weird way to say it, right? I can just imagine, like I was telling this to Josh earlier, and he goes, wouldn't that be hilarious? Like two guys from community walking up to you and saying, hey, dude, are you pregnant this week? But it's real. Her call was to birth, to bring into the world the presence of Jesus. How's that different from your call? not. And that means that everything that God asks us to go through is for the purpose of speaking his good news. That if one more person realizes their salvation because of our valley, because of the path God has asked of us, then we too have found favor with God and it is worth it. 
that no matter what we've been asked to endure, to remember that we are no different than Mary. Her trials and yours have the same purpose. Her path and yours have the same purpose. The greatest purpose of all of life, to bring Jesus into this land. And if you allow that to happen, then nothing you've endured is in vain. Nothing. Your life gets to be a billboard for the greatest message ever written. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. An eternal glory. You know what that glory is? You know what the glory is that he's talking about? The glory that's supposed to come out of us? I'll just tell you what it means from Hebrews 1. The Son, Jesus Christ, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. With Christ living in and through you, your life can shine brighter than an angel that stood in front of a little girl. To share the light of Jesus Christ in this world, no matter what path God asks of you, for that, God has chosen you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God and King, you are amazing, and you ask of us amazing things. And the beauty of it is, is it's amazing to us because we can't imagine what it means to follow you on the paths that you have in mind. And for you, it's, it's, it's just the way that it is. You have chosen us to be participants in this great work of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to bring his presence into this world, just like you asked of Mary, just like pre, pre-incarnation you asked of Abraham and you asked of Joseph and Jacob and uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah. And, like The story has always been the same. Everyone, everyone who's ever been created has been tasked with this. To bring the presence of Jesus Christ into this world. And now here we are with that same task. And it might be weird and it might make us uncomfortable and it might lead us down paths and in ways that we might not expect. And, uh, and it might, we might be afraid a little bit because uh, we know that when you ask something, it often means that everything's going to change. But it's not going to change for the bad. It's going to change for the gospel. So give us the courage to accept it when you call and to turn our feet in the direction that you would have us to walk and to bring this gospel, the presence of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit into this world for your glory and for the glory of his name. Amen.